Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, September 3rd, 2021. Fear is a problem. In fact, fear is a big problem. Uh, Just when you think about fear and all that it entails, it's so big that really the source of fear can come from a variety of different places, but also the effects of fear can touch our lives in many different ways. So today, as we talk about the opposite of fear, it's going to be interesting for us because we're not really going to just be able to see the opposite of fear as one thing. In fact, through God's word this morning, we're going to see three things that we should pursue that are opposed to fear in our lives. And we're going to see these things as we look together at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, you should remember from 1 Timothy, some of the general gist is the same. You've got the apostle Paul writing this letter to Timothy, a younger man that he is mentoring not only in the faith, but also in ministry. And 2 Timothy, from everything we can tell, is the last letter that we have in Scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote. And you get a sense of that uh, even really from the very first verse, I would argue, till the end of this book, you get a sense that Paul knows his race is about to be complete. And he is now, that should really give us an extra sense of urgency as we read this, uh, really because we have an extra sense of the importance this must have had for the Apostle Paul. And he's writing to Timothy, and some of the things we're going to see, it seems that it's possible Timothy was a little bit more of a timid person, uh, even from what we read in 1 Timothy 6, where it seems like he has stomach problems. Maybe it's even part of his physical disposition. We don't know that with certainty, but some of that seems possible. And we see here in the beginning, uh, Paul writing to him in in verse 1, he says, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. And that's where I'm arguing, even from the first verse, you can see Paul's focus is on eternal life. And I think even more so, knowing that he is about to die. Uh, But he is writing this encouragement to him. And he says in verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So let that be an encouragement to parents and grandparents out there and the impact you can have on future generations. But then he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Even just referring to a a commissioning. Uh, Maybe you've seen something like this today. I I had experienced something like this when I was sent out to plant Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley. The pastors of the church where I was putting, laying their hands on me and praying for me and commissioning me to um, the role that I have now. Um, but then in light of all that, as he's urging him to fan into flame, hey, go for it in ministry. You know, if you're naturally timid, hey, fan into flame this gift of God. Uh, don't be bashful in ministry. Run towards ministry. Be excited about what God is doing. Give your all to it, Timothy. Why? Well, that's where we see verse seven. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love 
and self-control. Now, that's a no doubt a very familiar verse to many of you. For some of you, probably even a very precious verse that you even recite to yourselves in times where you are afraid. You might find yourself saying, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And we know that God has given us the Holy Spirit and really these things, power, maybe not specifically mentioned, but these things seem to be very consistent with the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And I want us to think about each of those three things that are listed as opposite to fear and just think through how all of those should be evident in our own lives. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. First, let's consider power. And as we think about power, um, often in Greek, this is the word that is that we really get the word dynamite from, this explosive power. I'm reminded of Ephesians 1.19, which reminds us that the same power is working in us that worked to raise Christ from the dead. And that's where I think sometimes our fear gets us to doubt um, and gets us to doubt, especially this isn't just, you know, fear in general. This is seems to be fear that's related to ministry. But when it comes to ministry, we should be filled with power. And that power does not come from us. It does not come from, you know, looking in the mirror and repeating a mantra to get us psyched up with self-empowerment. No, it is a power that is rooted in God. And I think even specifically here through the Holy Spirit. And that is good news. We should sense a power as we seek to serve the Lord that is beyond us. It is not just up to us. God gave us, as we've been studying over the last few months at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, he gave us the helper. He gave us the spirit of truth that in in a difficult world, in the midst of hostile opposition, God has not left us alone. He has given us a helper and that helper is going to give us power. So we should not fear, but we should be powerful. And I think in some ways that should give us a sense of Uh, holy ambition. Again, this is not just fear, I think, in general about our own dreams or our mission or whatever. It's uh, really empowerment to serve the Lord, that we should have a holy ambition to serve the Lord and to honor Him through that. And that we should have a sense of optimism about that, optimism that goes beyond what I think I can do and optimism that goes to what I know that God can do. Those things should be a part of our thinking. The next thing we see that's the opposite of fear here is love. And even as we start to think about fear a little more, I think oftentimes our fear can stem from uh, a focus on ourselves and maybe an excessive focus on our own well-being and can lead to more selfish actions where one of our fears, I mean, one of the things we're motivated by very much is self-preservation. And as we are afraid, it kind of gets us to go into even a more turtle-like mode of self-preservation. And our focus, when we're afraid, gets even more on ourselves. And we know, in general, the Christian life is not about focusing on ourselves. It's really about an outward focus that is on others. And that's obviously the ultimate example that we see in Jesus Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve and to give and to lay down his life. 
And he has called us to do the same. And so instead of being afraid and focused on ourselves and how we can solve our own problems or just protect ourselves, God wants us looking out. God wants us loving others. And so in that way, we're going to see very much that fear, an opposite of fear is love. And finally, we see self-control. Uh, the opposite, one op- another opposite of fear is self-control. And, and a lot of this word that's used here for um, self-control might be better translated self-discipline. It has an idea of control over one's thinking, that, that we're, our thoughts aren't running out of control. And there, I hope we are instantly seeing the connection with fear, where oftentimes fear just uh, causes our minds to kind of go crazy and we start to worry, we start to be anxious, and our thoughts can really get out of control instead of having a more measured and steady view of certain situations. One commentator refers to this self-discipline, and it's the only time we see this word in the New Testament, um, we Uh, Think of it as the sanity of saintliness, that as we are set apart for God, there's a sanity about us that's not stemmed in our own hearts, but really is based on God. And so here, I hope we see all of these three things, um, that instead of fear, God wants us to have power and even a sense of ambition and optimism in a holy way uh, towards the future because it's based on God and his promises. He wants us not to be afraid, but to love and to focus on others. And he wants us not to be afraid, but to have self-control, to not let our thoughts run amok, but to have discipline and mastery over our thoughts um, instead of letting fear run wild in our minds. So I hope those things Uh, encourage you today as you think through your own life. And even just as we think about some of the things that should encourage us, I want us now to turn to Proverbs. Proverbs, today we're looking at chapters 8 through 11. Now, chapters 8 and 9 wrap up the section where the... um, the thoughts are more extended of the father talking to the son, especially in chapter nine, we see these contrasting feasts. It says, it's as if wisdom is inviting people to a feast and then folly, foolishness is also inviting people to a party. Um, but it warns at the end, the last verse of chapter nine saying, but he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Kind of the idea wisdom is going to lead to life and folly is going to lead to death. And I think really, if we think through what we looked at in 2 Timothy, fear is the way of folly, where power and love and self-control are the way of wisdom. And even as we think about some of the promises or principles of scripture that should encourage us and fill us with that power and love and self-control, consider these two verses in Proverbs 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, what the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. And so as we think about those verses, I hope those are an encouragement to us. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. And I do think there's something to the fact that if we are righteous, that will have an impact on our desires. And so this is not really just about all my hopes and dreams and that kind of thing, but 
what we don't need to be afraid, I think is one of the principles of this verse. And part of that needs to be, hey, what we need to do instead of being afraid of circumstances, we need to do what Proverbs has told us and we need to fear the Lord. Because when we fear the Lord, we don't need to fear anything else, but we can be filled with power and love and self-control. Speaking of fear, there, there is another thing that in kind of in line with the fear of the Lord should um, get a hold of our imaginations a bit, and that is the fear of hell. And obviously, if you have turned from your sin and put your faith in Christ, you personally should have no fear of hell. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, as it says in Romans 8.1. But we should have a mindset that realizes that hell is a scary thing. And there are people that are headed to hell. And we see that here in this story of the rich man and Lazarus. And uh, just a couple things, as soon as Lazarus, or sorry, not Lazarus, as soon as the rich man who is in hell realizes that there's no getting out and there's no, uh, there's no way he's going to transfer into heaven, uh, he says, hey, let me go back and tell my family. It's interesting, this man in hell now has a desire to evangelize. Uh, if he has a desire to share the faith, uh, now that he is in hell, how much more should you and I, who are still alive, have a desire to share the good news with people so that they might escape um, from the wrath of God and find refuge in Jesus Christ? So I hope that's a little fuel for your thoughts and fuel for your prayers and your efforts to share the gospel with others today. Finally, let's wrap up Psalm 104 together. Psalm 104 and verses 25 through 35. And this has been a chapter that has spoken much of even just the glory of God in nature and how it all should come back to his glory and his greatness. And we see some of that in the end, starting in verse 31. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. As we look to God, may another thing we find is an opposite of fear be worship. And may we spend today worshiping this great God. May we sing to the Lord as long as we live. And may we find that to be another thing that drives out fear from our hearts and lives. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 